Good morning. Turn with me in your Bibles to the last book of the Bible, Revelation. We're going to be in the 12th chapter, reading verses 9 through 12. Appreciate you all uh, coming out and braving the weather. I'm going to try to have you out of here before it starts snowing, uh, so, which I think is about 1 o'clock, so that should be plenty of time to talk today about Revelation. Amen? So uh, we are in this sermon series entitled 2020 Vision, where my hope is that we are rekindling a fire uh, that God has placed on our hearts uh, for the community, for the world, uh, to glorify uh, God in everything that we do and say. And, and today uh, we're going to talk about the role of testimony in the church. And so uh, let's, let's see what, uh, what John uh, prophesies here. In chapter 12, let's start with verse uh, 9. The great dragon was hurled down. And that ancient serpent, called the devil or Satan, leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. But they overcome him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore, rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He's filled with fury, because he knows his time is short. Let's begin in prayer. Father, as we read these ancient words... Our prayer is that you will, through the power of your spirit, open our hearts and our minds, and that you'll guide our discussion today. Father, we cannot say thank you enough for who you are and for what you have done for us. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. John captures, I think, something that the early church really understood, but not only understood, but also felt deeply. The early church felt the pressure and persecution from local governments. The early church struggled with internal strife. They struggled with temptations, and they struggled with false teachers. The early church felt the effects of a spiritual war happening John does a great job of articulating what exactly that battle looks like. The accuser, Satan and his demons, they're after us. He doesn't want the church to succeed because he knows his destiny, right? And so he and his minions, they fight. And they fight. And they are still fighting. Do you feel that today? Do you see that today? And I can see and feel the effects of Satan's attack on the church, but we have to overcome it. 
And John says how we do exactly that, right? He says the blood of Jesus Christ, which is the new covenant God made with mankind. The accuser cannot accuse because we have been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, amen? And we can't love our lives so much as to shrink from death. This world is temporary. Revelation is a reminder that there will be a new heaven. There will be a new earth for those who remain faithful. And John mentions this testimony. I don't have a problem, I think, understanding the blood. It makes sense. We see Paul teaching about it over and over again. As I read Acts, I understand that we should not love our lives so much as to shrink from death. But where does testimony fit within the context of spiritual warfare and the early church? And where does testimony fit within the context of spiritual warfare here at Cornerstone Christian Church today? You see, when I think about the word testimony, I think I'm, I'm immediately drawn into a courtroom, right? Where were you at the time of the accident? Well, the testimony would say I was here, and this is what I saw happen. This is what I heard happen. This was what I was able to touch. It is a personal view of the incident. And if the, if the lawyer brings up two, three, four different people who give the exact same testimony, I'm probably going to believe that that's what happened. And you see, that's why the testimony of the early church was so very important. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all bear testimony to a gruesome death, testimony to a burial Testimony to a resurrection, of course, testimony to the ascension of Jesus Christ. They give names of people who were alive during the time of their writings. If you were alive during that time, you could go to Mary and Salome, right? And ask about the death of Jesus Christ. You could ask Mary Magdalene what she saw that morning of the resurrection. You can ask Thomas what it felt like to put your hands in that hole in his hand. You could ask Peter about Jesus' final charge and his ascension into heaven. And so testimony is connected to this historical event. And Satan was working so hard to fight against their testimony. Men and women, including the people I just mentioned, were tortured and killed, but willing to share what they seen and heard. Luke records it in Acts chapter 4 during some of the highlights of the persecution. You remember Peter and John had healed a man who had been crippled from birth, and that drew a crowd. And so they began sharing what gave them that power, the power of Jesus Christ. And they began sharing about the resurrection, sharing about the truth of who Jesus is. 
The religious elites, they didn't like this, right? They didn't like them talking about the resurrection. And so they arrested Peter and John and kept them in prison for two days. They brought them back, said, you guys can't be talking about the resurrection anymore. And Peter and John responded, Acts 4.20, as for us, as for the guys you're telling to keep their mouths shut, nah, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. They refused to back down and they freely shared their eyewitness testimony of Jesus Christ. And Jesus knew this would happen, right? In Luke 21, he said, but before all of this, they will seize you, he says to his disciples. They will persecute you. They will hand you over to the religious elite, the synagogues, and they will put you in prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors and all on the account of my name, Jesus says. And what does he say? And you will bear testimony to me. Don't you think in the early church, Satan would prefer ignorance and unbelief, doubt. If Satan could just keep these disciples quiet, maybe that story of Jesus would disappear. You see, remembering the historical account of Jesus Christ, it's important because it affects everyone, right? Throughout all ages. Not all historical accounts remember that way. Do you guys remember November 2nd, 2016, I had planned on Austin sitting right there, but he's teaching, and Matthew Simmons to be sitting over there, so their eyes would light up, but they did not light up, because they're the only two Cubs fans I know. That date was the last time the Cubs won the World Series. It's important to them, right? Is it important to you, JC? Nah. Is it important to you, Francis? Nah, she could care less. What about you, Jim? Nah. But April 4th, 1968, that's an important date. It's the date that Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Remembering that date should change the way that we treat other people. But even this historical date doesn't affect the rest of the world as much as it affects you and me. The life, death, resurrection, ascension of Jesus Christ goes beyond culture. It goes beyond ethnicity. The world, the testimony found in these sacred scriptures has the potential to change everything and everyone. And Paul said emphatically in 2 Corinthians 5.20, we, you and me, even you and me, not just Paul and the Corinthians, you and me too, 
We are Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, Paul says, be reconciled to God. We can't leave this world as Satan wants us to leave it. Satan wants us to leave this world in ignorance and unbelief. We implore you to be Christ's ambassadors, as if God was making his appeal through you. Within the context of spiritual warfare, testimony thwarts the tactic to spread doubt and ignorance. And therefore, testimony becomes the metric by which we determine if this church is really making disciples. If each and every one of us are ambassadors and sharing the testimony of Jesus Christ in our own personal testimony, we're going to start to see lives changed. Testimony is the fruit by which we see a true a tree is healthy. Testimony is the combination of historical truth and transformation today. Because the death and resurrection ascension of Jesus Christ was a true event that changed my life. And you could only know that through testimony. Now I shared last week, for those who weren't with me, I shared last week that there's a new way that churches have been determining a metric of fruit, a metric of health in the church. The three B's, butts, budgets, and buildings. I mean, we want to grow, but it's not about putting butts in these seats. And we want to have the financial resources to reach this world but it's not about a bigger budget. And we want a facility that can house the people whose lives are being changed, but it's not about the building. It's not our main priority. And it wasn't the main priority of the church. You see, the church only grew as lives were being changed. And, and the church only added buildings when it was too big for their homes. And the church only had bigger budgets so, so they could meet the needs of the people around them. And you see, it all points back to lives being changed. And as you read through the New Testament, you read over and over and over again lives that are being changed. Got a weird way to close out this thought, but it points to the importance of testimony through the eyes of Jesus Christ. I read to you before Luke 21, where Jesus says they're going to persecute you, but this is going to be the opportunity for you to share your testimony. Do you remember when he was on the cross? What was one of the things he shouted? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?
And that's taken specifically from Psalm 22, which actually transitions through the psalm. And I just want to read this for you. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Why so far from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry out by day and you don't answer. By night and you are silent. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. And your fathers and our fathers, they put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried, they were saved. And you they trusted, they were not dis disappointed. I'm a worm, not a man. I'm scorned by men and despised by people. And all who see me, they mock me. They hurl insults at me. They shake their head. He trusted in God. Why doesn't God deliver him? Do you remember that being said the night he was crucified? Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast upon you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near. The, the bulls, they surround me. They encircle me, roaring lions, tearing their prey, opening their mouths wide against me. I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It's melted away. My strength is dried up. My tongue is sticks to the roof of my mouth. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of men have encircled me. They've pierced my hands and they pierced my feet. And I can even count all my bones. And they divide my garments among them, and they cast lots for my clothing. You remember that happened the night of his crucifixion as well. But you, O Lord, be not far. Strength, you are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my precious life from the power of dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. And listen to verse 22. I will declare your name to my brothers. And the congregation, I will praise you. All you who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, you descendants of Israel. This is, this is Jesus crying out at the crucifixion for the house of Israel. And he says in verse 24, for he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He is not hidden his face from him. He has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of the praise of the great assembly. The poor will eat and be satisfied. They who seek the Lord will praise him, and all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. Do you see the transition here? He cries out for help as David did. He describes the event of his crucifixion. And then he turns the corner because the resurrection changed everything. And did you notice that he shares this testimony of his resurrection and that changes everything? 
everything. I truly believe that testimony will keep this church, and honestly, the churches throughout the United States, from becoming irrelevant in our society today. Because Jesus Christ is still relevant. Jesus Christ is still working miracles. Jesus Christ is still bringing healing. Jesus Christ is changing lives. So our metric, whether or not this church is bearing fruit, are lives that are being changed through the power of Jesus Christ and the truth of his death, burial, resurrection, ascension we do something a little bit different today as we move into communion time I'm going to ask uh, Char to come up along with the band and Char's going to share a little bit of her testimony and then we're going to sing together as we gather the emblems as we focus in on Christ come on up Char Good morning. I'm going to um, share a little bit about how this next song um, has impacted my life and, and, like Jeremy said, a little bit about my testimony. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I grew up in Maine. I lived with my single mother and a younger brother. I never met my father. I was a happy, outgoing, very loved child, uh, though throughout my years growing up, I felt like there was just something missing, and that something uh, must have been something that was wrong with me. So I, I needed to be better in order to fill that gap, uh, better than the projects that I grew up in, better than um, my friends, the best person on the sports team. You get the point. So I turned to school, grades, and partying to fulfill all of my needs. I blame myself when something went bad, and if something went great, thank you, I'm shaking. I'll tell you about me shaking here in a second, thank you. Um, when something went great happened, that it was, it was because of my hard work, because of what I did. Um, I got pregnant with Isabel my freshman year of high school. Uh, and I proudly still finished high school early, a year and a half early. I went to college early, uh, all, this, the, all the while working full time. I moved out of my mom's home when I turned 17, just shortly after. I continued to focus on working hard so that I could better myself and then on the weekends to party when I could to relax. I moved around a lot. Um, it wasn't actually until Mike and I moved to Tennessee that Isabel was in the same school for more than two years. Um, I never grew up in church when Mike and I met. Uh, shortly after that, we decided to go to church. And I went through the motions. I met people. I did. I loved the music. But I didn't really quite understand what, what these people, the people at church, what they had that made them so special. Um, and on Easter Sunday, almost 10 years ago, something changed. The pastor was talking about the Father's unfailing love and how that love um, is a love that fulfills and a love that stays, a love that was poured out for us. 
I cried. Um, it was a magical, powerful moment in the dark, and I just, the, the tears uh, were just coming out of me. I verbally accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior on that day. And I had been listening to the song um, quite a bit because I love music at that time. And I had just listened to this song that we're going to sing here in a second. Um, right before the service on Easter Sunday, I listened to it again just after Easter Sunday, 10 years ago. And when I listened to this song after I accepted Jesus Christ into my life, I heard with a new understanding. So I get so nervous being up here, I shake. Um, I keep worried, worrying that I'm distracting you from your worship, that I'm not going to do it right, that I need to be better sometimes. I am a work in, in progress. I'm a project of Christ. And I reminded myself uh, throughout this week, I, I had said, I can't, I'm not, I'm scared. That's, I'm terrified. I know I can't do it. And I actually said, no, you're right, Char, you can't. I cannot do it on my own. I needed and I need Jesus Christ. And this is how I can share my testimony with you today. Um, so thank you for listening. Um, this song also talks about leading me to the cross. Oh, I missed a part. Um, so there's a song, there's a line in this song that says, I rid me of myself for I belong to you. And I no longer place my identity in the things that I can do, but what has already been done, period, end of discussion. So please join me uh, standing this morning. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and may you all find that courage to, to share your testimony. While we're singing this song today, if you could go to um, the sides of the room to get the communion cups, hold those. Uh, we will share that uh, communion all together. Redemption's here where your blood was spilled.